Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Lori Salarulo, your host, and I'm the President and CEO with Junior Achievement of South Florida. Today, one of our guests today is an in my opinion, uh, someone that I truly admire and have watched go through uh, so many different uh, situations and crises as as the superintendent of a very, very large school district. Um, And his leadership, in my opinion, has been exemplary. And I am proud to work so closely with our superintendent, Renzi, who I will bring in now. How are you? Fine, Lori. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. I, I just, I have to tell you, first of all, I want to thank you because I love our partnership. I admire the school district, you, the board members for choosing, right, to, to advocate and to say that this education, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, career readiness is so important that we are one of the few districts in the country that mandates those uh, curriculums for fifth and eighth graders here in Broad County. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you for the partnership. And I mean, for the um, thousands of kids that go through um, J World each year to be able to get those kind of um, experiential learning opportunities, it really is a life changer for many of them. And it, and it really helps them to really um, have hope and continue to think about possibilities that they've never really thought about. And then, of course, there are the partnerships that you have with our specific schools, like Lauder Hill 6 through 12, um, mm-hmm. and how you're really creating a lot of um, entrepreneurship opportunities there for that school, which, by the way, has a 100% graduation rate, and they're constantly proud of that. And I, I think your uh, involvement, J World, is, is part of the secret ingredient um, at that school. So thank you so much for everything um, J World continues to do and uh, wow. helping kids. It is our pleasure, our pleasure. And I know we've worked very closely with your teams over these last few weeks, making sure that all of our programs were available on Canvas Mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, I I think people take for granted, right? The Broward County Public School System is a huge ship, I always say, right? And and so turning a big ship uh, Mm -hmm. can often take a lot and can take a while. Can you talk a little bit about that shift from classroom learning and then all of a sudden having to shift directly into virtual online remote learning? Oh, what did that yeah. um, you know, the, the, it, it certainly it was a heavy lift. Right. But as I tell people, it's, hey, you know, Broward schools, fortunately, unlike many other districts, we were already working out in the weight room. Um, and by that, I mean that we had already infrastructure. Um, We had processes and tools that were in place um, to support a blended learning environment. Um, So prior to the um, closure of our school campuses, um, our district for several years, going back, I think about four or five years earlier, had invested in um, a blended learning environment where we had single sign-on, which is one 
way that our teachers and students, they get authenticated with their credentials, they get placed into a virtual environment, then they're actually put into a virtual um, classroom, they see assignments there, they um, turn in their work, they engage with a teacher and other students, and they also have access to a plethora of digital resources. Um, that structure was already there and being utilized by the majority of our teachers and students. So we just effectively had to go scale that up. We didn't have to run out and cut deals with vendors, try to find tools and resources to make it happen. Um, so that was, that was one headache and thing that we actually didn't have to worry about. And that work was already um, done and all of that sweat equity put in place. Um, then what we did was we made sure that we addressed the digital divide, right? So we distributed to date over 90,000, almost 100,000 laptop computers. Any student um, who needed one, uh, we made sure they, they have it. Um, then we negotiated discounted um, internet services uh, from um, uh, Comcast and AT&T uh, around five to $10 per month. And then third, we also secured thousands of free mobile hotspots, uh, which we are giving those devices to um, students with housing instability, like our homeless students, um, as well as students who have serious financial challenges. So we made sure that everybody was um, connected, um, which is, and it's been good. We, we track daily um, attendance uh, into our systems and uh, it's, it's around 90, uh, 91, 92% on a daily basis. And so far, uh, we know that 98% of our kids have engaged on the platform. Um, you know, some obviously not doing it as, as uh, regularly, but on a daily basis, about a little over 90% of our kids are regularly engaging. Um, and so that's been a good thing for us. I, I know districts around the country who literally had given up on the distance learning. They shut down. They're not giving out grades. They've basically written off the fourth quarter. <clears throat> we were able to do what we say, which is, uh, although our campuses are closed, um, our, 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 our education uh, and, and learning never closes, so. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think that, you know, that's so important that you had the infrastructure, you had something to build upon. You gave the students the tools that they needed. I think what's even harder than those things um, is the mindset, right? Shifting the mindset of teachers, parents, students, uh, uh, administrators, right? Uh, and the community yeah. at large, mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. can still provide this value, uh, educational value without them being in the building. And so talk a little bit about as a leader, what that meant for you and how you went about trying to change and shift the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a, a quote by uh, Albert Einstein, who once said um, something to the effect that the, the way to solve the problems that we have today can't be solved with the same level of thinking as when the, when, you know, they were created. Um, so this is absolutely new. Um, I think, you know, we should, as I say, never waste a crisis. So yes, it is a crisis, but it is a time of enormous opportunity um, to really think outside the box and look at all the things that 
need to improve may not have been working for all kids in public education? And can we somehow uh, transform this system um, to really meet the needs of all of our, our kids, right? And so being able to have a more flexible system that can create greater degrees of personalization and customization for each student um, is gonna be a plus, right? And so we know going forward that um, e-learning, um, distance learning should really be a continued option uh, in a district for our kids. Um, we know there are students that, you know, they work now. They've now, because their families are in very difficult situations, uh, uh, they might be working at the supermarket, but they're the primary income earner in the family. Um, they may not be able to get on uh, and engage in a normal school day schedule, but being able to offer some type of more flexible program where they could um, uh, do something in the, in the evenings or whatever hours make sense uh, is something that we need to do. We also can certainly make sure that um, kids have opportunities to um, catch up and recover. Uh, we can, you know, from their work, especially when they're falling behind, we can do that more efficiently. Uh, you know, some students are able to um, learn more effectively online. So we need to create more of those options. They're actually liking what they've experienced. Um, you know, we have students and, and staff who sometimes uh, have certain health conditions and situations that preclude them for, from having consistent um, attendance on a school campus. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they can't consistently every day uh, be connected. So there, there are lots of things that we were working through and I think it's gonna be an exciting time going forward to see how our public education system evolves um, given the challenges we have because this won't be the last crisis. It won't be the last pandemic. Um, we deal with hurricanes, we deal with all kinds of challenges. And so given what we know now and our experiences that we have, um, we really should be able to continue uh, the learning process um, even when we have to close our campuses for whatever reason that may be. And, you know, part of the challenge was really moving uh, a large number of our teachers um, to join the others that have been doing um, online learning to some extent. And, you know, we continue to still work through that. Uh, we have the vast majority of our teachers, I, I'd say, are very comfortable. Uh, they're they're um, engaging with their students. Um, they are innovative. Um, they're just like spectacular, uh, but we know there's some that need a little more help. Uh, they need more support and training. Uh, we absolutely committed ourselves to doing that and we put together uh, a revised plan to step up the support training and mentoring for those teachers. Because at the end of the day, when we come back in the fall, um, every teacher's gotta be comfortable um, and confident doing some portion of their instruction online. Now, not everything that you do needs to be, you know, um, visual, video chatting, video conferencing, but that that still has to be some part of it. The yeah. kids need that, especially our younger kids, um, our kids with um, special needs and our kids that have, um, you know, academic challenges. For them to engage um, and visually see an adult, they, that is a big plus for their emotional uh, development and well-being. Yeah, I have to tell you, you know, we've been, and, and you know, I mean, we've been uh, continuing to do our day career bound 
program and the J Fellows Entrepreneurship Program with the high schools that we work with in, in about 30 of your high schools. And we've continued that. Um, and I will tell you that I was pleasantly surprised by the engagement of the students uh, when we did a virtual speaker series, for instance. And you know what was interesting was they would all ask questions in the chat, right? So when you have them in person, they're not always willing to ask the questions in front of their whole group. But with the chat, they were able to send in questions and then we were able to call, you know, kind of call their name and yeah, yeah. have the conversation. So I have to tell you, I, I was really, really pleased by the turnout. We would have, like you said, about 90% of the students were showing up. It's funny, our board attendance has gone up with virtual board meetings. So it's, it's, I, it takes away any of those transportation challenges or other challenges of time uh, that we might have. I think you said something really, really key that is so important during times like this. And I know John F. Kennedy also had a quote about Chinese brushstrokes. And one brushstroke uh, meant that we should be facing the challenges. And the other brushstroke said, but don't forget to see the opportunities, right? And so I think that's one of the things I admire is that we have had crisis, right, in the district or in our community but that as a leader, you are facing them and growing. This is when the most innovation happens, right? And I think we're always so surprised by our teams and how they really step up, right, and show up. And yeah. that's been amazing to watch as a leader. Yeah, and it's also been amazing to see how um, even our young people have um, stepped up and and basically said, hey, the show must go on. And so, you know, last week, for example, we, um, you know, I was participated as a judge uh, for one of our debate uh, tournaments. So they've been going on and we've had um, situations where as many as 500 students have been connected online and they're coaching, um, teaching and supporting each other. Uh, it's, it's really uh, been uh, fascinating uh, to see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It goes to it, it speaks to the resiliency, right, of of all of us um, as a community, especially even our young people. Um, I think, you know, you talked about um, having the infrastructure in place, having the plan. I say my PPP today stands for plan, prioritize and pivot, because just when we think we have the plan in place, right, all of a sudden the rules change or yeah. something new happens. Uh, yeah. And plan changes and we need to pivot. Um, talk a little bit about that, that flexibility. You have a board of what, how many, nine, I think, right? Uh, nine yeah, leaders that's uh, right. That yeah. you report to and sometimes getting that consensus um, and when you have to shift and move so quickly can be, can be difficult. Um, what has that been like going through that, working together with the board um, and, and like I said, pivoting with new plans constantly being developed? Yeah, well, you know, as, a, as an organization, we've, um, you know, we've been gotten pretty good now in managing our way through um, crises and challenges. Uh, you know, we've constantly for years would get um, changes from the state in terms of the um, mandated assessments and the standards um, and that changes every time there's a new administration, the state's going through that again. Uh, so we're constantly, you know, adjusting to that. 
Um, we adjust to, you know, different financial challenges that we run across. We adjust to hurricanes. Um, we had our, you know, the school um, tragedy. You on you went on mute. You're on mute. Did you hear? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> did it just all of a sudden go on mute? Was I yeah. before? Uh, where where did that where did it go on mute at? Where? Uh, you were just saying about how this the district had gone through the tragedy as well. Yeah, and so yeah, so we we've we've been through that, and so now we're dealing with a global um, pandemic. Um, so you know we we know that. Look, dealing with these challenges, number one, um, you know, you have to really uh, be, um, uh, you got to be tra um, transparent. Um, you have to uh, be truthful with folks, even when, um, you know, they may not like the answers, uh, but they want to have the confidence that they're hearing all the facts and the evidence. Um, you need to obviously communicate regularly often, frequently. Um, and I think you need to um, understand the situation and how it's impacting people so you can have the right level of compassion and empathy um, mm -hmm. by being able to put yourself in other folks' situation and shoes to the extent that you can. There's gotta be an understanding um, of that. And so, um, yeah, we, we as a, I think as an organization have, have um, you know, developed some level of uh, leadership and, and governance resilience to be able to work, uh, you know, through these things. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, such important ingredients, as, as we say on the show, um, to the success of the organization, uh, as well as uh, to your success as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Transparency, authenticity, communication, empathy, all. Yeah, and, right. And, and so what we do is, you know, we, we try to, I mean, regardless of where you're in, you, you, you stay focused on your strategic priorities. You don't keep shifting them. All those circumstances do change and the context changes. Mm -hmm. um, they are solid enough that we stay anchored in those. So number one is having high quality instruction, right? So when this shutdown occurred, we want to make sure that we will continue um, teaching and learning. Um, we're continuing to work with our teachers to help them develop their skills to improve the online learning instruction. That's still a big number one priority for us. Um, ensuring that we have a safe and supportive environment. Uh, we continue to make our investments on school safety and security, but also the mental health aspect of what we do. Um, all of our social workers, family counselors, um, therapists, um, they're all engaged. They're delivering services online. Tens of thousands of referrals have been addressed. Um, so they're out there uh, making sure that they're doing that. And then um, our third strategic priority has been in place for several years now um, is effective communications, right? So again, communication constantly. And so using our websites, um, I even now do a weekly video show. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Um, but um, just weekly updates to the entire community, um, you know, just engaging with all types of media. Anytime we get new information, we put it out there. We just recently did a, a survey um, to hear from all of our parents, our students and our staff. We got 65,000 responses um, within days after getting that and just have an opportunity to look at it. 
I immediately um, held a press conference, share that information with the public because I think it's everyone needs to get a real sense of you know where where we are as a collective, and I think there's some good data points out there, but the communication aspect of it. So high quality instruction, um, having a safe and supportive environment and effective communications. Those are always been our three strategic pillars and they're probably um, as relevant and some would say maybe even more relevant in this moment than they've ever been. Yeah, I think that is so important to stay focused on your three, you know, or whatever number an organization has of strategic focuses. And it's interesting when this all came about, you know, my, a couple of people on my team said, oh, maybe we should do food distributions and that kind of thing. And I just, there was a part of me that said, okay, yeah, that, that is a need, but it's not our core mission. And so I, we started to think about how we could stay true to our three pillars, which are entrepreneurship, uh, career readiness, and financial literacy, and delivering quality programs um, at, around that education. And so what we came up with was a campaign called Books, Bucks, and Backpacks. And so our first go-round will be about 5,000 students because we're still doing all the fifth graders and eighth graders through the, you know, digitally with, with you all. Uh, but we wanted to get to more families and get this information around financial literacy, which we know is more critical today, right, that knowledge than ever before. And we wanted to get that mm -hmm. into the home. So we launched this campaign to get backpacks with financial literacy activities and materials into the homes of at least 5,000 students who might not be getting it right through mm -hmm. fifth and eighth grade. And so staying through to that core, I think is so important. Um, I think, and by the way, congratulations, Stoneman Douglas uh, was just named one of the two teams that will go to the national competition for the JA Fellows Entrepreneurial uh, Finale, uh, which is usually in Washington in June, but yeah. it'll be cool, I think, this year. So, um, so congratulations on that. I know you and I will continue to work on uh, ways that we can continue to bring this education to more and more students. Uh, you know that we are here to support you in that way, in any way. Uh, and let's work to, to get this for every high school student because yes. they're the ones who in the next, you know, four to six years will fill our pipeline, right? Our, our workforce pipeline or be, you know, eventually going into college and are going to need these skills to be on their own. Um, so, yeah. so important. So you mentioned so many amazing ingredients already, but I always ask everyone, what is your main ingredient to success? Yours personally, what is the main ingredient that, that has gotten you through times like these as a leader and, and just made you feel really good as a leader? Hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the part is really trying to, um, you know, develop people. Um, I think, uh, you know, effective leaders will build um, good teams and give them the um, support uh, and the ability to uh, do well, um, give them some room so that uh, they're able to make critical decisions. I mean, ultimately, you know, you can have an organization that performs really well, uh, but if, if the person at the top is essentially doing everything and making almost every decision, then when you leave, the organization is going to be uh, hamstrung. So, I mean, I think part of the legacy work that we all do is building 
organizations for not just the present moment, but for the future. Um, so having a good team of people is absolutely essential because no one does anything uh, by themselves. Um, so that that's always been, I, I think, probably the most important part of my job is to make sure you get, as they say, the, the right people in the right seats on a bus. Um, sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen when you make adjustments, but that's, that's really been um, the work. Um, you know, I think the other um, part of it is, uh, you know, just have making, recognizing as a leader of, a, of an organization that um, your job is to make sure that people are doing the right thing. And then the job of the rest of the organization is to do things right. So, you know, you're figuring out, hey, what is it that is the right thing for us to do in pretty much every situation? But then everyone else has got to make sure we're doing it right, right? Doing it according to policies, procedures, guidelines, everything else that we, we have. Um, and that's that's the thing. And then I, I think the thing also is asking questions and asking probing and thoughtful questions, um, not necessarily to build up your knowledge base, because that'll come from doing that, but you know, asking these questions are really to make sure that people know what they're doing. It's not so that I know, it's I want to make sure that you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing and that it makes sense and that you've really thought about it in the ways that you should have. Um, so, you know, those are, you know, some of the key things I, I think about. Um, I've always been someone that is not, you know, not satisfied with the status quo. I actually like change. Um, I believe that uh, to be successful, you need to constantly critique uh, where you are. You need to challenge um, assumptions and try to build something better uh, than where you are. And again, I think this opportunity and moment that we're in um, allows us to think about something better than our old normal. Um, you know, and, and uh, that's you know that's that's got to be part of um, part of your your thinking. So I'm yeah. not like I'm not a maintenance person. I'm someone who is always looking to see how we can um, you know get better uh, as as quickly as as we can. I think that's why I I have admired you from day one. I think that is a common bond that you and I have, and I you know that about me. I'm never ever satisfied with this mm -hmm. when I think yeah. we can do this, yeah. right? Yeah. right. Um, and so, yeah, there is a tenacity about that. And I love that in you. And I think one of the other things that you didn't mention, but I want to mention for you and for those watching is you are probably one of the most open leaders that I've worked with in this community um, to partnerships. You realize that not only is it about the people that work within the district, but that it is about the partners in our community. Yeah. And like you said, that we can't do it all at, right ourselves. Right. Your expertise and your main focus, right, is that providing that, that academic piece, that strong academics, um, you know, of course, with safety and, and security and, and communication and all those things, but the core focus of our schools, right, is to teach our students the academic piece. Well, Mental health for 
what we do or what Boys and Girls Club does for after school or any of those other partners bring the other pieces so that holistically we are caring for the whole child and the whole family. And I love that about you, that you recognize the value and the importance of partnerships within the community as well. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, you know, we, we, the reality is that our children are only in our schools for about one third of their time in any day. So what's going on with the other two thirds? They're at home, they're in a community. Um, so if we care about and love our kids, we've got to care about the other two thirds of the time that they're, they're out there. So it just makes sense for us to partner with as many uh, organizations and folks out there who share the same focus on our kids and their success. And so it, it's absolutely something that we, we must continue to do. Yeah, well, thank you. So I just want to say thank you for being with me today. I love doing this show because I get to yeah. learn so much about people and, and get to have great conversations with leaders like you. Um, and I'm fortunate, I feel very fortunate that I get to work with you uh, on an ongoing basis and you get to chat and share yeah. conversations like this all the time. So I feel blessed to have you yeah. in my life. Yeah. Same, same here. We wouldn't be the same uh, without um, your work, your energy, the leadership that you provide to uh, Junior Achievement World. So thank you and um, feels mutual. Thank yeah. you. Well, thanks for being with me today and to thank all you. those watching. Thanks for joining us and please keep an eye on Superintendent Runcie and what's happening at the district. Um, our students are in good care. I have every confidence uh, that they are doing what's best for our children and they will continue to grow. So thanks everyone. And thank you again, Superintendent Runcie for being with us. Thank you.